This week we read The Lightning Thief, Chapter 3, Grover Unexpectedly Loses His Pants. Now I know these books aren't realistic, but that really shatters my suspenders of disbelief. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna live forever! Oh, not if I have anything to say about it. Hi, all our buddies, and welcome back to The Jackson 2, the only Percy Jackson reread podcast recorded in a saltbox house off the coast that'll take your mind off St. Louis. For my part, I am Old C.W. Hills. Who joins me here? Who is it? William Mills. Cool. Uh, we are here, and we have read... We read Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief, Chapter 3, Grover Unexpectedly Loses His Pants. Yeah, that thing we said before the music yeah. break. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, so give us give us a quick rundown of what happened last time. Not a whole lot. No. Not a whole lot happened last time, I'm going to be honest. Little PJ, he's weirded out. He remembers vaporizing Mrs. Dodds. As one would do. Nobody else remembers that Mrs. Dodds existed in a very literal way. Exactly. Uh, this distracts him from studying for the Greek... Latin, whatever goddamn class Mr. Brunner is teaching. He goes to talk to Mr. Brunner about this, but he hears conspiring between old Mr. B himself and Grover, his best friend. Commiseration! And then he leaves, and then there's some old ladies in a fruit stand, and you know what? I might actually just release this instead of episode two, because we could have saved the listeners a lot of time. That's that's all that happened. Yeah, old ladies in a fruit stand. (laughs) The only thing you're missing is a cool digression on old world fruit. Uh, Ladies at a fruit stand. Turtle power. But this is chapter three. New chapter, new me. Yeah. So Percy uh, starts this chapter in one of my favorite modes of his, which is uh, a little character I like to call uh, Lil PJ son of a bitch. (laughs) Because the very first thing he does, like literally first sentence, is he abandons Grover (laughs) in a bus stop Kisser. Yep. Literal first chance he yep. gets. Just ditches yep. him there because he's freaking him out. Yeah, no. So the the last chapter ended with Grover, who let's remind the audience, was introduced mm-hmm. by being described as having a strange muscular deformity in his legs. A disability, yeah. A disability. That severely impacts his ability to walk. The last chapter ended with said Grover, making PJ promise to let him walk him home through Manhattan, which I am given to believe is a deliberate uh, calling of attention to this strange uh, confluence of events. Yeah, that's an eyebrow quirk. And, like, to be clear, listeners, neither William nor I are uh, disabled. We do not pretend to or presume to uh, speak to or for any issues of disability. I don't pretend I know what that life is like, but I think it is fair to raise an eyebrow when someone who, as far as you know, can't really walk, wants to walk you through Manhattan. Right, like, I'm, I am severely asthmatic. I'm, like, dangerously asthmatic. And if I suddenly said, hey, let's do, the like, a hundred cigarettes together. Let's do the Appalachian Trail. 
Exactly. It would be, it would be worth taking note of is the yeah. point. But then, yeah, so. So PJ <laughs> makes this promise and then as soon as Grover goes off to take a piss, he just bounces. Which is, is pretty fucked up if you think about it because isn't that just dooming him to more walking than he was already planning on doing? <laughs> Cause now Grover has to look for you. Exactly. It's it's making more work for everybody, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's just PJ being a dumb, selfish, little piece of shit kid, and I really love yeah. those moments because they're very realistic and very relatable. And he's a dumb piece of shit with one goal in mind, getting home to his mom. Correct. Now a word about PJ's mama. She's Holy shit. Great. Does he love his mama? Whoa, boy. She's the best. Yeah. She is a living saint. Yes. And, like, this isn't just... This isn't just little kid blindness regarding his parents' possible flaws. Like, for, for everything we are given to understand, uh, Mama Jackson is, is legitimately, like, one of the greater people in the world. Yeah. She was a tragic orphan, then literature major, then uncle orphan, and uh, has apparently had nothing but hardship thrown her way for no good goddamn yeah. reason. Then she hooked up with it with PJ's dad, and he just dis-a-fucking-peered. Yeah, dude just bounced. Dude just took off. And Percy, understandably, has uh some mixed feelings regarding this. Yeah. For Mama Jackson's part, like, she alleges that Percy's dad made her exceedingly happy, except for the fact that their relationship had to be a secret, and except for the fact that he was then lost at sea. Like, he was on the fucking Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he, he is described as a rich, important man that they had to keep secret. Yeah, yeah. And then he just disappears. Rich, important man! <laughs> One day disappears without any notice into the Atlantic Ocean. You know, that old honorable profession, rich, important man. Yeah. It's all you need to be president. <laughs> Boy. Boy, that hits different. I want to just cry. I'm just saying, we have had no proof at this point that Percy's father is not, in fact, the twice-impeached citizen. It yeah. is a possibility uh, at this I mean, point that we have no, no, no well, choice okay, to no, we, we do have proof that it is, because his mom describes him as making her happy. That's true, and as being handsome. Yeah. Yeah, that was unkind. There's no need to make fun of bad people's the way they look. You make fun of their actions. It's like, it really bothers me when people, like, make fun of Trump for being obese. Like, yeah. He's yeah, like, fat. He's also the worst person currently living. Those two facts have nothing to do with each other. On the one hand, I have no caveat qualms about making him feel as bad as humanly possible. But on the other hand, right. it's like, that would require him to have emotions, so making fun of his yeah. looks isn't going to do anything. Speaking of which, uh we are introduced to... Gabe Ugliano. So... Insert a joke Ugliano. here about Casey hating Italians. I don't hate Italians. I love the Italian people. I, in fact, I started a foundation, the Foundation for Dyslexic Diabetic Child Refugees with Chronic Italianism. I hope to treat this terrible affliction and make sure it affects as few lives as possible. That's not true. I, I love the Italian people and I have no qualm with them. I really enjoy their rigatoni. It is... I, 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 uh, for those unfamiliar, it is a running joke among our friend yeah. group that Casey has a hilarious uh, ire for Italy and all its peoples. 
Yeah, for those wondering why William just called me a fucking racist on air. <laughs> just, just, just in case it wasn't clear that that was a joke. What the hell? No, yeah, it's fair. Okay, well, and the origins of that are arcane and stupid. Just like all running jokes. Ex- well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I used to work in reality television. One of the programs I worked on was MasterChef. On MasterChef, when you're a contestant, it's the job of the producers to boil you down to a single tarot card, like a single handful of traits, like you're a cop, you're a single mom, you're, you know, whatever. And if you are Italian and or from Boston, guess what is going to get the attention? Correct. It's those things. Yeah. And specifically the intersection of Italian culture and cooking, like, Italians are all about food, and they're all about family, as if all other cultures leave their children in the agogi to survive and be named and marry should they live. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I voiced that complaint, and our pal Thony, uh, who is himself uh, from the land of the boot shape, uh, took issue with it, and uh, now here we are with me looking like a racist. What are you going to do? I feel like if I protest too strongly and say, like, no, I love Italy. I love everything about its frescoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Gabe Ugliano, known colloquially, uh, known, known roundabout the, roundabout Casa Jackson as Smelly Gabe. Smelly Gabe. Yeah, he is every gross misogynist bad stepfather stereotype ever. Much like how Mrs. Dodds is every overimportant uh, substitute teacher, and how Correct. Nancy Babafit is every troublemaking little son of a bitch kid Uncle Rick ever had to work yep. with. Smelly Gabe is every shit ass step parent he ever Correct. spoke to. Yeah, he is the platonic ideal of Awful the stepfather. Exactly, and like I'll be honest. I'm, I, I was made a little uncomfortable with the description, cause like, his name is Ugliano, which, you know, probably God. Italian, which, I mean, let's be clear, Italian means a lot of yeah. things, it's not like it's just one big monolithic no. thing, but, but anyway, and then PJ goes on to describe him as being like, smelly and like hirsute and hairy gross in a bad way and super greasy and and, 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 like, and bald and yeah and like even as even as somebody who is jokingly accused of racism against italians on a regular basis i i wasn't sure how to handle that and then again we refer to the fact that like percy is 12 yeah. he has a very limited arsenal and physical and appearance calling his is... shit ass stepdad a bald grossman is kind of all he has. Exactly. Um, anyway, our introduction to Gabe Ugliano is him playing poker and chomping on cigars. Yeah. And just generally, like, garbaging up the joint. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, this guy is G-rated Baron Harkonnen. Well, exactly. And that's, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm also happier than I can express that you pronounce it Harkonnen. Because that's how I say it. And too it's... many people say Harkonnen. And I'm like, why would you, why would you front load the word? Like I that? have heard, uh, well, I first heard it as Harkonnen, but I've also heard official media say it both ways, so. <laughs> official media. So I can, o- I can only be Scoff. so irate. Scoff. You know what my official media is? It's the Gospel of Muad'Dib. Uh, that's a anyway. terrible gospel. 
You should not follow yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. No, you're right. That's what leads to intergalactic genocide in the in the name of a god king who never wanted to be made into that. So you're right. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and remove that from the bookshelf of uh, my heart. I was just looking for a cool phrase that would make me look like a cool Dune guy, and I failed, which is really one of the lessons of Dune. If you uh, yeah, trying it. to be a anyway. cool Dune guy it consistently leads to terrible outcomes in those books. God, that was a good movie. Holy shit. Better than it had any right to be. For real. So, Percy would like to know, uh, where him mama? And the very first thing we get from Gabe, the first words he has in the series is, working. You got any cash? Yeah, cause, uh, his favorite pastime in between, uh, cigars and beer is shaking down a 12 year old. Yo, for real though, like, puts the fucking pins to him, and like- Like he literally just says, you know, Percy says, I don't have any, because, you know, but Gabe... Right, like, he's 12. He does this fucking, like, Sherlock vision thing. Yeah, it's, and it's like, you, you took a taxi, probably paid with a 20, got six, seven bucks in change. Right? And it's like, considering the economy and the rate of inflation, it sounds to me like you probably paid $13.42. And, uh, I, I don't know, he's just super fucking gross. And see, here's... Here's the thing. Percy talks about how that is a regular occurrence yeah. that like Gabe regularly shakes him down for gambling money specifically. And Gabe is also, he's certainly verbally abusive a couple of times and he is implied to be a physically abusive yeah. drunkard. So like there, it's, it's a bad scene. It's a bad scene is what up. Yep. PJ escapes into his room, uh, which is, which doubles as Gabe's study where he reads, quote, old car magazines, yep. end quote. Yeah, sure. Want to talk about G-rated Baron Harkonnen? I, th- I think we all know what old car magazines Yeah, means. no. Th- 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 yeah. Th- those are definitely recovered he- nudie mags. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he perfumes up the joint with cologne and beer and cigars. William, yeah. I must confess, I have been known to enjoy the occasional cigar. Uh, I am, when it comes to smoking, I am teetotal. I, that's fair. I viscerally dislike the smell of tobacco. Uh, I, I don't know how, no. uh, frequent your enjoyment of the dark no. brown substance is, but, you know. <laughs> the dark brown. It's the only dark brown substance you got, so. God, I, you know, I don't try for the titles, the episode titles, but the way I talk is very dumb and and leads it and lends itself to like dumb fun word combinations sometimes. And then you come out with like your enjoyment of the dark brown substance. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Not call the episode that? I mean, God, <laughs> you could you can always stop enabling me. Uh, Never. Uh, yeah, I have a cigar like maybe once every six months. Um, usually when I do yard work because it keeps the bees away and then I get really lightheaded and then I have to sit down, which means I don't have to do yard work anymore. Yeah, so... you're, you're lightheaded because you don't have oxygen. Exactly. It works out. Anyway, so like, first of all, he should not be smoking cigars no. outside. Uh, but like, if they're nasty, like obnoxious ones, then odds are they are cheap. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is no way this guy, this guy who is fucking described as, let's see, 
the manager of an electronics megamart is getting decent cigars. Yeah, yeah he he is a human like stained undershirt, and I I do have to give Uncle Rick credit, like for all the unkindness and vaguely racially upsetting things we can say about Gabe Bugliano here. Like he does an excellent job being of the worst thing imaginable. Well, yeah, and, and like, expressing the essence of him very clearly. It's a very good job. Like, I don't know how much impact he, uh, uh, Smelly Gabe is going to have beyond this chapter, but it is oh, just extremely you evocative, extremely memorable. I am not gonna forget yeah, this guy. It's a, it's a solid character introduction, if nothing else. And then we meet Sally Jackson. Saint Sally. Living Saint. Saint Sally. Ooh, fuck. Saint Sally's a good episode name too. Uh, Saint Sally, sweetmonger at Grand Central oh. Station. As if you doubted oh, how yeah, sweet no. and good hearted she was. I actually made was. a note of that. She works at of a candy store. Go on. The sweetest mom in the world working in a candy shop is so on the nose. It's yeah. almost obnoxious. It's a, yeah, but like in a good way. I would jovially punch Uncle Rick in the arm for that if he told me that yeah. when he was writing this book. It's it's like when you turn the page and it says that, like, Rick Uncle Rick had inserted into every copy just a Polaroid of him looking at you, and it just says, symbolism yeah. <laughs> underneath. It's, it's, well, you know what? To quote Garth Marenghi, I know writers who use subtext. And they're all cowards. You know what? I, I respect that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So, PJ love him, Mama, and, like, I think all of the work that's being done into her hagiography, or hagiography, or hagiography, or however that's said. I've always heard it said hagiography. Hagiography? Alright, um, I'll take it. Is, is done to, like, shore up and make it believable that he loves her this much. That, yeah. like, his life is, on balance, not great, and all of the good stuff in it is because of her. Yeah. This is something I really actually appreciate about this book. So much young adult stuff has the kids either disliking their parents right. or being, like, antagonistic or just... Yeah. Parents are like, if homework was a person. Or, 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 or just, like, not caring. Yeah. Having PJ love his mom to the rafters is very Aww. good. That was a very nice phrase. Yeah, and, like, admittedly, part of that rarity in, especially in YA, is because it's difficult to write realistic family dynamics, right? Like, they're they're yeah. complicated and weird. Reality is unrealistic because reality is weird and complicated, and it's very easy to have, you know, a window-shattering loud argument with someone yeah. And then the next day, love them to bits. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, that's an excellent example of how to realize you're not going to handle the nuance well, because that's not how it works in fiction, and just go the opposite way. And it works. Has no nuance. Stepdad's, the, stepdad's, step bad. The hut yeah. And stepdad's, step bad. Mama yeah. good. Saint Sally. Yeah. Uh, so PJ, Immediately, like almost without provocation, <laughs> almost spills the beans. Re yeah. monstros. But just then, the only beans that Gabe cares about are in Sally's famous bean dip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's not home two goddamn minutes. And he's like, yeah. Sally! 
Dip me. I'll dip you through the goddamn floor. God, uh, the worst. Well, uh, and can, like, can, can we kill Gabe? God, is that something we can do? I mean, we can try, certainly. Uh, uh dear, dear Uncle Rick. Uh, and like, m- look, maybe I'm reading too much into this. And maybe I'm trying to see symbolism where it doesn't exist. Because again, writers who use subtext are cowards. But like, if Gabe is G-rated Baron Harkonnen, and if his, you know, magazines are, you know, G-rated, what we all know those magazines actually are, like, is, is him demanding bean dip? And later being bribed with a very special kind of bean dip. Is that like G-rated what I think it is the way a gross stepdad might exert his dominance in a household? I mean, I didn't pick up on that, but that's not outside the realm of possibility. I Uh, mean, like, look, here's the thing. Like, dudes who are gross misogynists don't often stop and say, I hate women and I treat them poorly, except in sexual matters. Right? Oh, yeah, but, so, like, but yeah, no, she, it, it is, now that you bring it up, yeah, no, he, he is all like, I want my bean dips. Exactly. And, Make with the bean she, dip, Sally. Chop, chop. She, like, slinks over to him and bribes him with this seven layer dip I that will last the whole weekend. And, oh. like, now that you've brought that up, I can't unthink it. Oh, it's going to Thank have the you. guacamole. It's going to have the sour cream, baby. What voice is that? It's, uh, it's, it's Sadie Doyle, except I haven't listened to the Thrilling Adventure Hour in several years. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so, so, Sally, she probes PJ about what's been happening. Cause she's clearly gotten, you know, letters about right. stuff's going on. Oh, and also she has eyes to see how he is acting. Yeah, no, something clearly has happened. Yeah, and, like, Uh, let's be clear, dude's not okay. Like, a a fucked up thing happened, and then everyone told him he was crazy. And then he heard a bunch of weird shit from Mr. Brunner and Grover, and then a weird thing happened on the bus home. It's like... He didn't even get any roadside stand fruit. Didn't even get any of them artichokes or walnuts or cherries or whatever the fourth thing was. Apricots? It was cherries, it? apples, walnuts, and apricots. Yeah. I don't really know from apricots. Apricots are... I love apricots. They are... Uh, you've had peaches, I assume. I'm familiar with them. Uh, they're not as sweet, generally, okay. but they are of a similar texture. The only context uh, I have for apricots is in a Russian novel called The Master and Margarita. Uh, which is about a man who I believe he makes a deal with the devil in Soviet Russia. Uh, Sounds about right. Cold War. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and right in the beginning, two characters are sitting on a bench, and a guy with like a little like a little snack cart goes by. You know, like they've gotten some places, and they're thirsty. So they said, "Hey, you there, Venderman, uh, sell us some beverages." And he said, "All I have is warm apricot soda," which put me off the topic forever. And by that point, I mean. My order was ready at In-N-Out, so I <laughs> yeah. closed the book and I put it back in my glove compartment. And I uh, don't think I've picked it up since, but still. It's, pro- it's, it's still in the glove compartment. To this day. day, in the 97 Camry I sold several years ago. So, oh, oh, no. So, how, like, so how, how, do you, how would you feel about an apricot soda? I would, I would be all about it. You'd go to town? I would want it. I, I, I don't know. How I would feel about a warm apricot soda, because yeah. warm sodas in general are not, not great. tastiest. Not about that. But life. an apricot soda would absolutely get my attention. Oh, God, I would kill for a grape soda right now. 
Hey, do you know why grape doesn't taste like grapes? Um, I assume it's... I assume it's because uh, a lot of grape soda doesn't actually use grape. Well, like okay. grape. So we're gonna take a we're gonna take a fruit flavors tangent here. Um, first, oh no. we're gonna start off with bananas. So I do know why banana doesn't taste like banana. Okay, so you're aware of the Gros Michel problem? Yeah, because um, we used to banana crops used to be mostly one varietal of banana. Correct. And then that variety is basically extinct. The Cavendish. Yeah. But all. Basically all banana flavored candies and sodas and so on are formulated to taste like the old banana. Like Cavendishes, correct. I know one is named the Gros Michel, I one believe is that's named the, the one, Cavendish. I believe that's the one we still have. Yeah, um, and the Cavendish went extinct or ba- or functionally extinct due to, uh, I believe it was a mold or some sort of parasitic Yeah, yeah so, some sort of blight. On yeah, the, yeah uh, blight, that's crops. the word. One of the, um, I knew it was one of the Captain Planet villains. When you taste banana candy or whatever and you say, that doesn't taste like bananas, that's because it's an, it's an imitation of a flavor of banana that does not exist anymore. Is something similar with grapes? Uh, no, actually. Oh, by the way, the Gros Michel also has a blight and is almost certainly going to go extinct within the next decade. And then we'll Oh yeah, no, we're, we're gonna have to do this song and dance like so many more times. Yeah, we're screwed. Part of that is because every existing Gros Michel on the planet is a clone. They are not, uh, yep. they are, what, what do you call it when you, um, when you like split a seedling off? Uh, uh they're, they're not, they're not actual like, um, Sexually reproducing bananas. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're all, it's, it's a monocrop. It's a monocrop. God, good word. Holy shit. May, maybe one day we'll learn about that. I have that never heard that in my life. Great. Monocrop. God damn. Anyway, uh, no, in fact, with grape flavor, so grape flavor is completely artificial. It's not supposed Ooh. to be anything. They came up with it one day, and they said, this is really tasty, which is true. I love yeah. grape shit. Fucking fight me, internet. I, I, I will I will kill a two-liter of Grape Fanta. God, yes. Ugh. Anyway, it's the one thing the Juggalos and I agree on. That's not true. Juggalos, by and large, are actually a, a, a fairly decent people, if you make some allowances. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they invented the, the grape flavor, and they realized, well, this doesn't taste like anything, right? It's not comparable to anything, but it tastes good, and we need to call it something. And it turns out that grapes, for whatever reason, as a fruit, do not lend themselves to flavor extraction and imitation the way that, say, strawberries or bananas or or apple or whatever or anything else. Yeah. Like, for, for whatever reason, you can't make a flavor artificially that tastes like grapes actually taste. I, yeah, I I actually talked about this uh, a couple days ago. Really? Because um, I, I watched The Goonies for the first time a few days ago. I'm so sorry. Uh, big big fan. I actually really enjoyed it. Good. Um, you and Thony can talk about that. Leave me the fuck out of it. Uh, it's okay, Casey. It's, you're, you're allowed to have bad taste. Um, uh, but I, I just don't up, care for The Goonies. When, when they find I'm a the uh, stash of ice cream they bring in they mention grape flavored ice cream Hmm. fun fact grape ice cream is almost impossible to make yeah i don't think i've ever had it uh because uh there's an enzyme in grapes that if you try to make i that makes 
whatever you're, that makes the mash, basically, it makes it very difficult to freeze properly. Hmm. Interesting. Additional fun fact, uh, I can't remember if it's Ben or Jerry, but one of the <laughs> Ben and Jerry's guys, uh, go on, took it upon himself to solve this problem. And he found that if he con- basically made a concentrate from the grape skins, uh-huh. that it would co- it would help it would cause it to freeze and it would taste delicious. Hmm. However, Uh-oh. he found that the resultant they found that the resultant uh, concoction oh, no. was so absurdly toxic oh, to household no. pets that they 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 like. They didn't even get to like the marketing phase. Oh he, no! He was, like, he was like, "No, I will not sell this." Oh no, Ben and or Jerry! Oh, you poor dudes! You just wanted to make the world a grapeier place. Yeah, because uh, his girlfriend at the time really loved grapes, oh. so he he wanted to make it for her. But then he found it was like, "Oh, if your dog even looks at this, they will explode." And I love how you said girlfriend at the time is if she saw that, did I that math, and said, you know what, I think I I'm good. I don't know if they, I don't know if they are still a thing, but <laughs> that, so I, I don't know. What but a I, wonderful I found that story. very amusing. I am so happy to know that. Huh. Um, huh. Well, this has been, uh, Fruit Flavor Corner. Uh, we, we can cut this out and put a, a, like, it at the end or something. What the fuck is wrong with you? No, this is quality content. This is what the people are here for. And let's be honest, like, we need to let them know what they're in for, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If, for some, cause see, when I did my Sherlock Holmes show, like, you could just like a particular story. Like, if you liked the blue carbuncle or the adventure of the empty house or, you know, whatever, the retired yeah. colorist, then like, you could just go to that episode and listen to it. And there'd be some shit you wouldn't get because we recorded in a certain order but you could be fine if a person is just deciding you know what i'm gonna listen to their coverage of chapter three of the first book that's a very odd decision it is and you know what you should be rewarded and or punished for that with fruit facts Uh, okay okay so yeah, PJ, PJ almost spills the beans and then just doesn't because as much as he loves St. Sally, um, he is also an emotionally truculent, you know, 12 year old who it still feels like he's going crazy, but also knows that something yeah. weird is going on. So he is reluctant to discuss it. And Sally, for her part, does not buy the brush off. Oh yeah, she, he's a, he's a pretty observant little bastard because mm-hmm. he says, he knows she knows that he was holding back. Three-dimensional chess, baby. But doesn't push him. But she does have a surprise for him. What is it? They're going to the beach. Fuck yeah. They're going to Montauk. Yeah, which yeah. is an actual place, and it looks really nice. Yeah, um, it's true. It sounds amazing. It sounds like a lovely little place on the tip of Long Island. Yeah. And they're going to rent a cabin. A cabin they apparently cabin. rented many, many times in the past. Yeah. What's it? It's owned by David Sedaris. That's not true. Yeah. That's a callback to a previous episode. That's bonus content for listeners who listen in the correct order. The thing about Montauk is that it is their it's their it's their happy place. It's their heart and home. Uh it is where she met his dad. And the the place just it sounds fucking rad. And like admittedly, as we discussed I think we discussed it in the pre-show. Uh, you and I are both men of the Pacific Northwest. 
uh, we, yeah. we enjoy, and we live in California and Arizona, respectively. But, um, yeah. <laughs> we both enjoy the cool and the damp and the rainy and the ocean. And this yeah. place sounds like it is everything good in the world. Uh, yeah, no, it, 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 it sounds, reading about this kind of where it's like, oh yeah, no, this is me, yeah. where they, they talk about how nice this place is. Um, yeah. and then Gabe, as is his idiom, God. barges in, it's like, give me my dip. Where's my dip, woman? And she, Sally goes to placate him. Whoa! William, I am very sorry. Breaking news. This is very important. This just came in. Oh, no. This is not, no, this is not a joke. It's good. Three men who killed Ahmad Aubrey sentenced to life in prison, two without parole. Fuck. Yeah. Yes! Sometimes shit is good. Holy shit, America! You did wow. good for once in your goddamn life. God, and let's be clear, this is not justice. Justice would be that family getting their son back who was murdered for no reason by fucking racists, but this is pretty good. Like, this is as close, this is as close to justice as can be had God in this situation. damn! Right on. Well, that's pretty good. Sorry, I thought that was important and that we needed to know it. No, th- th- thank you for letting me know, that's good. I'm also sorry we yelled, listeners. That was probably very loud in your ears. I hope whatever you're listening to had, like... I'm not sorry for yelling. Whoa! And there goes William's mic, blown out to the edges. Uh, I apologize to my waveform. That looks really bad. (laughs) God. So, little little peek behind the curtain. Uh... Whenever I need, whenever there are like more than one uh, episode title candidate, I make a list of them and I send them to my family group chat and I have them yeah. vote on them. And uh, this is going to be a tough one for them because I apologize to my waveform is a very good phrase <laughs> that is going to make zero fucking sense to them because they're no. not <laughs> nerds. Yeah, they're not nerds and they're not part of this conversation. God. Uh, anyway, okay, so uh. Ugly, ugly Anno. So Smelly Gabe demands dip. Sally, uh, Make with the dip, acquiesces man. to dip. Yeah, and what's worse, adding insult to dip jury, uh, he also wants... Adding insult to insult. There it is. He also demands and receives a clenched tooth apology from PJ for, quote, interrupting his poker game, which... Oh, yeah, no. Sure. Yeah, P- PJ gives the most clenched teeth, like... Clearly false. Clearly false, just, I will, I am going to grow up and kick your ass, He makes apology. I'm sorry sound as much like fuck you as he possibly can. It's great. Yeah. Oh, by the way, demanding that people apologize for things that either didn't happen or weren't things you need to apologize for, that's abuse. So... Yeah. No, that, yeah. every interaction this guy has with everyone is abuse. It's bla- and like, admittedly, 2005, different, different time. And like, our views on things definitely evolve. Like, when I was a kid, there was still an active debate. It was a live question about whether spanking your children was okay. And I, I think if you ask any, you know, relatively young person today, the answer is a resounding no. no. And and if you say, my parents hit me and I turned out just fine, fun fact, no you, you didn't. probably didn't. Yeah. <laughs> nope, if that math doesn't demonstrably do itself, you don't get to tack that on at the end and act like it solves the equation. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Friendly Fire, uh, which is a podcast um, where those two guys from that Star Trek show I like and also John Roderick from Omnibus. Um, it's a canceled program now because he said some unfortunate things uh, about a year ago. Anyway. Um, they would watch. I, I, I don't know anything about. Don't him. don't worry about. It. You may remember him uh, under the internet sobriquet Bean Dad. Anyway. Oh, what the fuck? Exactly. Um. So anyway, they watched Terminator Two, and the interesting thing was that John Roderick is a man in his mid to late fifties now, and the two other guys, uh, Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica from The Greatest Generation, which is a Star Trek podcast I love. You should go listen to it, everybody. Um, they were watching Terminator 2, and Adam and Ben are much, not much, much younger, but they're, I suppose, what we would call elder millennials. They're in their, like, mid to late thirties now. Yeah. And John is, you know, 20 years older. And they were talking about how... In Terminator 2, John Connors, as we know, uh, lives in a foster home, right? Yeah. And basically comes and goes as he pleases, uh, is generally not acknowledged and not hassled, uh, just kind of left to do his own thing. And Adam and Ben were horrified by this and said, like, that's neglect. Like, you can't, yeah. you're supposed to take care of that child and make sure he's eating and going to school and shit. And John laughed his ass off because he's almost 60 and said, when he was growing up, a good foster home was one where you weren't abused and locked in the basement while they collected the check the government sent you. So, like, different perspectives on parenting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and... And what counts as child abuse and what doesn't. But uh forcing children to apologize for interrupting your poker party by coming home is definitely not a, an okay thing to do. Yeah, no. This is where uh, another thing where Uncle Rick just is not engaging in any kind of subtext where every yeah. interaction uh Smelly Gabe has with everyone is awful. It's awful. He's he's a terrible human being. He is uh, a blight on the Gromy shell of every conversation he has. So yeah. Sally, uh, most importantly, she buys their ability to go to the beach with this dip. So she pays, yeah. she pays for that privilege. Um, and they get the fuck out of New York while the getting is good. Now, yes. as they leave, something weird happens, doesn't it, William? Yeah. So as he, as they leave, Gabe, Grumbles and grumbles and grumbles, and then goes back up into the apartment. And as he's go doing, he makes Percy PJ, Perch, Percy. He mirrors the hand gesture he'd seen Grover do on the bus, mm -hmm. and he does. And as, he, he uh, describes it: a clawed hand over my heart, then a shoving motion towards Gabe. Ra. And as he does so, the screen door slams shut, and knocks him right where the good lord split him. Yeah, where the dog should have bit him. Right on his yeah. sit-upon. And you know what? I tried that gesture just as you were describing it right now. You put you may put your hand like over your over your ticker, like a claw yeah. motion, and then you just go, wah! Outward. That is very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is that is a good evocative motion. That's a good gesture. And like, I don't know if I believe in curses, but if there's something that's gonna do one, that feels like it. Imitates innoc an innocuous gesture and does magic. Exactly. Okay, but it among works. us. Foreshadowing. Ding um, dong. Yes. So, ding dong, motherfuckers. Ding dong. So, yeah. 
they finally get to uh Montauk. Oh, and something important we do have to mention. So God, it pains me to say this, William. Yeah. They're they're taking Gabe's car. And Gabe's car yeah. is Gabe's car is a seventy eight Camaro. And I looked up yeah. seventy eight Camaros and I don't care about cars. I'm not a car guy. Holy shit, is the seventy eight Camaro a sweet, sweet ride. Look look it up right now. Ooh, that does look Who's pretty. Who's a pretty boy then? God, it's mm, chef's kiss. So, like, part of the seven-layer dip was securing permission to take Gabe's sweet, sweet cherry ride. This is another thing I put down in my notes at some point, was, like, Camaros are really expensive. Yes. How the hell did he get his hands on this? Well, I mean, now now we know what he's spending money on instead of good cigars. Yeah. I guess. Uh, uh, also graft. Yeah. Like I I'm I'm comfortable assuming that he's doing some kind of crimes, right? I don't want to make assumptions, but for Gabe I'll make an exception. Yeah, uh, like I mean, he's having poker parties which for all their innocuousness and and ubiquity in the world, are illegal. Like, well, I, mean, I don't know. Well, gambling rules vary from state to state, don't they? I mean, technically, they're illegal, but it's one of those crimes where it's like, unless you are moving hundreds of thousands of dollars in right. these poker parties, no one's going to give a shit. Yeah, and if he's shaking down a 12-year-old for six or seven bucks, that's probably not the scale they're playing on. That's No law enforcement in the world worth Anything is going to bother something no. on this scale. No. You know what they would bother for, though, is some blue candy. Blue corn chips. Blue corn chips. Blue candy. Blue jelly beans. Blue which, berry muffins. Which we learn is significant in the Jackson household. Because Gabe, in his infinite uh, dickery, uh, once got in an argument that blue food doesn't exist. There's so no blue food, he said. <laughs> So Sally, in, in 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 a display of sass that I have fallen in love with, yeah, has gone out of her way to fill her life with as much blue food as possible. Guess what, motherfucker? Turns out most food is blue. <laughs> a- any food is blue if you want it to be. Really. It's so good. There's no reason for any food not to be blue, really. <laughs> yeah, blue birthday cakes, right? Blueberry smoothies, blue tacos, blue corn chips, blue mac which, and cheese. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'd accept that, but you can make it. Yeah, it, well, you know uh, what's interesting, you know what's interesting? Is yeah. they, they did an experiment about perception of taste and color. So, they dyed some steaks blue, uh, and they cooked them just the way people wanted, and they had them eat them in the dark, and the people said, this is a delicious steak. Admittedly, I'm eating it in the dark, which is weird, but I'm still enjoying it very much. And then they turned the lights on, and the people not only recoiled, but when they continued to eat it, found that they actually perceived it as tasting differently. So, I guess there maybe should be some things that are not blue. Weirdly enough, blue cheese is one of the only cheeses I don't like. Gross. Well, it's because it's gone bad. Which is, which is weird, because I like other funky cheeses. <laughs> like, I love Gorgonzola, which is sure. a very similar flavor profile. But American blue cheese just cannot do it. No. You gotta do red, white, and blue cheese. Oh my god. Anyway, so they have as much blue food as they possibly can. They get to Montauk. Probably not good for certain parts of the digestion, but sass is worth it. 
No, I mean, like, I'm not here. I don't. I don't. I never thought I'd be the kind of person speculating on the uh, the bodily products of fictional characters. But I mean, there's got to be some colors in that toilet bowl that nature would not intend to be there. That, like, if you gave a sample at the doctor, you'd have a little explaining to do, right? Yeah, I, I mean, the sass is worth it, and I fully. Yeah, everything tastes a little weird. We're fine with it. Yeah. And yeah. this is where I realized that Ugliano is a wordplay on ugly. Yes. God damn it, Uncle Rick. Yes. See, here's the thing. It's not that that was too subtle for you to catch. It's that it was too blunt for you to catch. You were... Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't see that you were literally staring at a wall, and you're like, oh shit, it's the wall. That's what I'm yeah. supposed to be seeing. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> Uncle Rick, you magnificent son of a bitch. So they arrive at Montauk. They clean out the cabin, uh, which can be fun. Um, have you ever had like a? Did you ever do like a like a vacation at a at a cabin or like a little place or anything like that? That wasn't yes. Yeah, I tell think me. I, I think well, not at a cabin, but we when I was young, we did do. We took a trip up through up and through Oregon. Mm. Over the course of about, two, I want to say two weeks, and we stayed in some cabin-like, ca- cabin-like accommodations. Right. Um, and, uh, some of them we did have to do a little dusting, but we, we, we've never had a full cabin experience. Yeah. No, nor me. There was a, a place, I think it was a timeshare or whatever that we didn't have, but that a friend of the family did and would occasionally let us use in Oregon in Little Whale Cove. Depot Bay. That sounds lovely. Oregon. God, it's so good. There was a cliff right outside. Um, into the ocean. Not in, like, the kinds of cliffs you find in California and, and Arizona, they mostly just lead to gulches filled with bodies. But, uh, yep. anyway, we would, we would get there every couple of years and we would have to shake it out a little. And it has, they always had that weird air of like, somebody else lives here. This isn't like a motel. Like, there's a weird cereal in the cabinet sometimes and there's, like a list of rules you have to follow, and it, I don't know. It's it's a very pleasant experience, and I related to it a lot. Anyway, there's there's always sand in the sheets there in Montauk. There's always it's got a very specific vibe, and they they have a lovely day, uh, just sort of prepping the place. And they go to have a campfire on the beach. Yeah, beach campfire heart to heart, which li- listeners. Percy asks about his dad. About his dad, and if it feels like we've kind of been taking our time getting up to this point, it's correct. This was rough. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. They talk about his dad, and, and, and St. Sally, for her part, still won't like address the issue head on and won't be made to. Uh, but she does say that like, Percy and his dad are very alike. And his dad would be very proud. Which Percy doesn't believe because he's a dyslexic, hyperactive boy with a D-plus report card Oof. and has been kicked out of six schools in oh, six years. But And, like, it's hard to believe what people say they believe about themselves, right? Because yeah. how could you how could you be objective about yourself? You can't. It's, it's, the, Not only, really. it's the only perspective you have. But, like... Seeing what someone thinks another person would think of them is probably about as close as you're going to get. And that was really rough. He's just a little dude, and he's got troubles. And Sally, uh, for her part, St. Sally, echoes what Mr. Brunner said, essentially, that 
all the, all of the sending him away has been for his own good, has been for the best. And PJ says, because you don't want me around. And as soon as those words left his mouth, he knew that he had done a bad thing. Yeah. I regretted the words as soon as they were out. Yeah. Which uh, I think is your catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> yep, it's true. I frequently say regrettable things, and then I get branded with them forever, which is why I'm not allowed back in Italy yet. Allowed back implies you've been there before. Correct. <laughs> um, no, I've never been to Italy. Uh, the only foreign country I've been to is uh, Ireland. Uh, I would love to go to Italy. I hate you. I want to go to Ireland. Where did beautiful. you go to Ireland? I went to Ireland. I was probably 15 or 16 with my mother. I was entirely too young to appreciate it. Um uh. But no, it's... I have wanted to go to Ireland my entire conscious life. (laughs) Uh, do it the first chance you get, you know, God willing and the COVID don't rise. Um, it's, it's like if Oregon was a country. Um, we took a train from Cork to Kilkenny, I believe, and just fields of sheep spray painted. Um, not in a bad, not like a, not like in a vandalized, like hooligan way. Like if they all line up right, you see somebody's graffito tag. <laughs> like, yeah. But no, like that's how they brand sheep, apparently. Um, yeah. Cause, anyway, uh, Ireland it's rules. It's easy to wash out once the sheep is sheared. Exactly. Ireland rules. Recommend. Um, and I realize that sounds bougie of me, but like we, we scrimmed in save and it's the only major vacation I, th- I think we ever took. But anyway, um, what the hell? were we talking about we were talking Uh, about pj saying things he regrets correct and saint sally for her part says that she thought he would find quote finally be safe at yancey academy safe Safe from what what ridiculous says that he has a flashback yeah so now wait a minute on reflection (laughs) he's he remembers all kinds of weird shit happens whenever he's around. In retrospect, yes. Uh, he talks about a man in a black trench coat yep. showing up when he's in, was in third grade. You know, the guy from the neighborhood watch signs. Except he, see, he remembers him only having one eye? Yep. Weird. Uh, then he remembers a Hercules reference. Yeah. <laughs> Where he apparently murdered a snake that had, sh- ha- that had entered his crib with his tiny baby hands. Yeah, with his little, little bitty baby grippers. And his mom eventually says, I tried to keep you as close to me as I could. Uh, they told me it was a mistake, but there was only one other option and I couldn't stand to do it. Right. So that's, and that's the reason they've had to move every time. Uh, yeah. after, after every incident, they just gotta pull up stakes and get the hell out of town. Which, like, so here, maybe this is nitpicky. I don't know. Yeah. But like, so you're telling me they moved to Manhattan at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they've always been kind of poor and definitely working class and a single earner family. And they, and they, I mean, they've always, I don't know if they've said they've moved every time. Oh, that's what, that's what I got, is that they, they had to pull up stakes. Uh, I know, I know, I know he's moved schools. Right. And there are definitely enough school, because they've always been in the vicinity of Long Island. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they've just moved around within New York City? Yeah, could be. Could be, so the, yeah, the economy stays 
relatively stable. So, growling dudes in trench coats, snakes in cribs, the hungry ghost of Nixon, and his father wanted to send him to a summer camp. But yes, um, St. Sally worried that she would never and, see him again. Because that's how summer camps work. Yeah, and, and Percy is very confused. It's like... Fair. His his father, who had apparently never hadn't even stayed around to see him born, yeah, apparently cared enough about him to send him to summer camp, which is what? weird because PJ is pretty sure he's got some memories of that dude. Yeah, he's pretty sure he remembers his father, but apparently he wasn't around when he was born, right? And he hasn't seen him since. And I mean. Let us, let us be honest, the mind is a fertile ground. It is very easy to remember something that never happened very clearly. Uh, memory yeah. is a fickle siren song. But still, uh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. And why had Mom never mentioned it before? Yeah, it's weird. It's all weird. So they finish their s'mores and their hot dogs cooked over an open fire. Then go to bed where Percy has a nightmare. Yes. Because there's fun. a horse. <laughs> and, uh, there's a horse is... in the night. <laughs> uh, and this is actually where, this is another part where my mythology knowledge kind of worked against the uh, surprise this book is yeah, going for. that's fair. Because you, you, you know what uh, Greek divinity is associated with eagles? America. Zeus. Uncle Sam. Oh, okay. You know what divinity is associated with horses? Uh, spirit. Stallion of the Cimarron. Poseidon. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, Poseidon is the god of horses okay. in uh, Greek mythology. He created them out of sea yes. foam. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, so Poseidon is the god of Primarily the ocean and earthquakes. earthquakes and horses and horses, which is a you know peak. one of these things is not like the other moment. The three the three things there are, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, it's like I guess if you live in ancient Greeks, those are pretty much the three things. Yeah, that's what you worry about. Um, uh, and then which I guess what about seahorses? There's got to be something that's got a fun uh, fact. Hippocampi, Hippocampi. which are. Which are also mythological beings in right. Greek writings. Yeah, but uh, I meant I don't, like the little fishums seahorses. I know, I don't, I'm not sure that they were aware of them. Yeah, maybe they didn't have those there. I don't know where you, find, um, I don't know where you find seahorses. Fun fact, my wife is much smarter than I am. Um, but she firmly, firmly believes and she holds to this day and no amount of proof otherwise will sway her that seahorses are not fish, but simply seahorses. And, uh, I am, I am prepared to make this allowance. I mean, I, you have the same, uh, similar things for yourself. I so. do. What do I have? Candy canes are in fact okay. cane shaped peppermint. Well, no, no, they're not. They're not just peppermint stick. They're candy canes. Why else? Then why can't you just buy them the rest of the year, William? Tell me that. You can. No, you can't. I mean, you can here. I didn't, I don't know where, I don't know. I, 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 what I see Santa's in... workshop you're hanging out in. I mean, I see them in the candy aisle frequently. You're not an elf. You're six foot twelve. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so I like how I just keep growing in your descriptions of me every time. So uh, yeah, and so this eagle and this horse are fighting uh, in the surf, and they are very intent on killing each other. Yeah, as a horse and an eagle would do if they ever met in real life. 
if they were real, and a voice from beneath the ground is goading them to do so. Now, here's the thing. So, Poseidon, uh, Neptune, if you're Roman and nasty, is the god of earthquakes, but that doesn't give him any purview below the ground, does it? Uh, that, uh, the, the god who is most associated with beneath the earth is Hades. The Chthonic Hades. Because he is also associated with gemstones. Ooh, I did not know that. He is kind of considering, um, he's kind of considered kind of a god of geology. Right. Oh, how neat. I didn't know that. In any event, weird symbolism. So PJ wakes up. It's storming. These fucking storms. And Sally is in his room and she set up hurricane, which tend not to happen in summer. No, not so much. They tend to happen on Lake Superior when, uh, when a ship loaded with, uh, several thousand tons of iron ore is, uh, making way for Cleveland after a big deal had just been struck with a, with a coal firm there and, uh, all hands go down the storm what the fuck this is a reference to the the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald okay william go after after that go listen to the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald um, it's a song about a shipwreck by gordon lightfoot it's amazing it's seven minutes long oh uh, yeah it, it would have to be with a name like gordon lightfoot that guy that guy's not fucking... he's not brief no yeah. he, t- he takes his time so sally's flipping out uh grover is pounding at the door and when they uh finally admit him, he says he's been searching for PJ all night. All night. Yeah. What were you thinking? Normal thing and, to do. And suddenly, both his mom and Grover are yelling at PJ. Correct. Well, not yelling. Re- not really yelling, but just they're both kind of needling him with questions. Correct. Uh, some in English, some in ancient Greek. And also, Grover is not wearing pants, which makes the and interrogation also, all the more intense. And also, PJ understands the ancient Greek. Yeah. But he doesn't really have time to register that. Sure did. We're going to unpack that later, <laughs> said PJ. <laughs> and uh, uh, Grover basically yells at them to get in the car and get out. Yep, we need to book it now. Let us shake dust. Put some pepper in our steppers. Um, why am I wearing no pants? Don't worry about it. Yeah. So Sally demands to know what happened at Yancey Academy, where this little pantsless wonder came from. And they yeah, get what the, didn't you tell me? Exactly. They get the hell out of that cabin while the getting is good, including And Grover, Grover is like, it's right behind me. Didn't you tell her? And it's like, maybe. I mean, I told her some, some stuff. And again, we return to my point of maybe if you had briefed PJ on what's going on, he would know to tell people. Maybe if you hadn't gaslighted Percy into believing he was losing his mind. Maybe if you had actually, like, told him on that long-ass bus ride what was going on instead of just saying, uh, stay here. Yeah, instead of Uh, watching Sahara on the in-flight television. Yeah. Uh... So they, t- sorry, I, I was 100% sure you were going to have something to say about Sahara, but never mind. Nope. Just, uh, <laughs> Casey, nobody has anything to say about Sahara. Oh shit, you're not wrong! <laughs> um, 
So they get the fuck out of there. Um, there is clearly some explaining that needs to be done. And they see, and PJ notices that not only is Grover unpantsed, but he is, in fact, behooved. Possessed of cloven hooves. Hooves! So help me gods, hooves! And that's, and the, end that's the end of the chapter. Ozeu kai aloi fioi. O Zeus and all the gods. Correct. So, that's the end of chapter three. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of good character building. Uh, not as fun. Lots of stuff happening. Yeah, which... really dense chapter, honestly. Like, like a lot of ground gets covered. Let's see. Yeah, no, I, I, I was a fan of it. Yeah, it was a good one. Did you find yourself someone worthy of your Brunner Award? Uh, somewhat. Or, or, or something that happened, or, you know. I have two things I really liked about this. Okay. Well, you're well, allowed one Brunner Award, but let's let's put them against each other and see which is. Okay. So, if I can only be allowed one, I did really like the. It's kind of the same as last episodes, but more substantial, mm-hmm. where they do a lot of building up of the legend. Yeah. As such, of. They're bringing in more direct references to mythology. Right, more world building. Yeah, so, you you know, the Hercules reference of him killing the snake as a child. Right. uh, Referencing what is clearly a cyclops. Right. Um, The dream he has, which is directly uh, referencing the three chief gods of Greek mythology. Symbolism. Uh, Yeah, it's really good. That tickles my... Uh, brain in a good way. It was like, ah, I see what you're doing. I want to see more of it. That was some good shit. All right, so Williams Brunner goes to foreshadowing and world development. Very good. I also have two. Um, I'm not sure which one. You know what? I I was gonna give it to. I guess I should explain the blue food because that's that's just a that's really pretty good. It's pretty good. It's nice and it it highlights that like. What kind of broken-ass system is it where a woman can only rebel against an openly abusive man by preparing food in a certain way that actually doesn't change anything but still makes her point? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Just, but, like, like, like... Like, isn't there, like... Shouldn't there be, like, a, an agency she can go to? For or real? Like... Why is she with this guy? Yeah, that is an excellent question. Stinking what... the joint up! Like, I cannot imagine... It would be, uh, I, I cannot imagine he is better than single parentage. What redeeming quality? You know what? I, you know what I bet she needs? You know what I what? bet he's got? I bet it's, I bet it's nice and big and it keeps her around and it keeps her happy. That's right. A discount at the Mega Electronics Mart. You know, it's hard to put a price on that. I mean, Actually, no, it's got, very easy to put a price on a discount. That's, that's the exact for. mechanism um, of what that is. Yeah, that's the definition of the term. But yeah, she's hooked on blenders. She's hooked on like, yeah. she got she got one of those one pots a little while ago. Loves it. Got that shit at half price. She, you know, you, you know she's, she's just no. addicted to $1 movies. Wait a minute. No, sorry. This started as a good goof, but now we're painting her as a gold digger putting up with abuse for her own material gain. Never mind. I don't like where this is going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cut this. Never um, mind. No, I'm not cutting it. We realized it was a bad thing and we are sorry for it. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to give my actual brunner to, um, the opening of the chapter, which is PJ 
just straight ditching his bro, his admitted yeah. best friend, at a bus in a, station in a, bathroom. Yeah, no, it's like the worst place you could leave a person it that really is, is not like an active fire. I haven't been in a bus station bat. Well, I mean, I've never, I've never really taken a bus anywhere except like school, I've never been school, in a full bus station. Exactly. Uh, so I don't know, but I'm picturing like. So you took the same drives I did then up to up to Oregon up through that pass there. So like yeah. you know like the concrete rest stops that they have. Oh yeah, no, the, where some of them are like, I would rather piss myself than exactly. go in there. Exactly. Like, real bad. There's a very particular and smell. I'm, and we're dudes. We can take care of that without touching anything. For real, it's real bad. Anyway, so just just that PJ was like, yeah, it's fine. Grover deserves this, and it takes yeah. off. Uh, was such a like cowabunga it is then move yeah <laughs> that I I had I had to respect it it was a dick move but um, a massive dick move but it's pretty funny correct so what uh, what what what's what's the next chapter what are we reading next the time? next chapter is oh that is so uh, my mother teaches me bullfighting. Correct. Go ahead and read chapter four. My mother teaches me bullfighting for next time. How much does Sally Jackson spend on blue food dye? And how long ago did PJ's consumption of it pass medically safe levels? Does anyone know where the love of gods goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? And which of Gabe's poker buddies is wearing a wire for the feds and trying to get him to admit to using undocumented mole man labor in his store? Find out next time here on the Jackson 2. You can tweet at us at the underscore Jackson underscore T-W-O. You can email at us, at us, email at us, that's the vernacular, at the Jackson 2 pod at gmail.com. If your email is nice or even just entertainingly mean, we will read it. You can find our Patreon uh, if you want to get episodes early. Or if you want to get exclusive pre-shows where William and I talk. William, what did we talk about in the pre-show this time? Uh, we talked about uh, frustrations of travel in this day and age. Correct. The situation uh, we in which talked, we find ourselves. We talked at length about various restaurant topics. Correct. We uh, had a visit from Arnold Schwarzenegger in his new guise as a home renovation expert on HGTV. We talked about some... Various character building tropes. Correct. We talked about video uh, games. We always talk about video games. That's not special, yeah. but still. We, we, uh, we should borderline just start a video game show. We really, we really should. Um, if you should like to hear that, you can go to our Patreon. Two bucks a month gets you the episodes as quick as I can get them edited and posted. Five bucks a month gets you access to those oh. bonus conversations. And what, what, oh. Uh, speaking of emails, you said you wanted to say something in the main show. Correct. Thank you for reminding me. So, listeners, uh, a number of years back now, I had a program called The Final Podblum, um, where uh, my buddy Nick and I would read through the Sherlock Holmes stories and do much what we're doing now. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it didn't uh, continue um, RSVP. I received an email. Yeah, didn't, didn't you, like, run out of stories or something? Um, we did not. It just reached its, it, it, it reached its conclusion. It just, um, okay. you know, some projects just run, run their course. Um, 
I received an email three months ago, but I only noticed it like two or three days ago, uh, at the final Podlum email address from a listener who I will not name because I, I don't want to, you know, dox anybody like that. But uh, we had paid for an advert on The Greatest Generation, which is the Star Trek program I think I mentioned a little while ago in the episode. And um, one of those listeners, uh, one of those friends of DeSoto, as they are known, um, took the time both to listen to our program and then to email us and say, hey, are you dudes okay? Like, um, you know, I, I noticed you stopped doing new episodes. And I'm not complaining about that. Like, there's a plague happening. I want to make sure you guys are all right. And, um, you know, I'm wondering whether the show will ever come back and similar. And, uh, it's, it's not going to. I would, I would love to lead Probably all of you to, not. I would love to lead all of you to believe that we have some, like, the final problem slash adventure of the empty house long con set up where we resurrect, like, uh, like Holmes, but it's not going to happen. But, uh, it was, it was just unbelievably nice and sweet of, of that guy to, uh, reach out and say, Hey dudes, you good? So all of that to yeah. say, uh, if that guy oh. should ever hear this, thank you very much. And also yeah. like if a creator makes something that you enjoy, like reach out and tell them and, mm. you know, let them know if you're, if you want to make sure they're okay and stuff. It's, it's a very nice thing to have and, happen in your life. And I think a thing to add is, if you want us to address you directly by yeah. uh, calling you by your name or calling you by your whatever handle online you like. hand, uh, uh, probably good to include that in your message. Yeah, let us know. Oh, speaking of which. Because we don't want to give out information that is not ours to give out. Correct. Um, if you would be so good as to give us a review in the podcast uh, platform of your choice – um, every podcast asks you to do this. I'm sorry. It's very important and very helpful, so please do that. If you would please rate and review us, give us five of them good old stars. You know what? I will read your review out loud on the air, and if and when we get any kind of merch, I will send you, like, a sticker or something. A sticker maybe of a our logo button. with art by the great Shannon Hay. A button. Who knows? Uh, but you will certainly get your review led, uh, read out loud on the it's air unless you don't want it, and you will be thanked. By username. Just so you know, it's not like a themed button. It's just the button that fell off my shirt today. Correct. He's losing them. He's shedding them like leaves. That's what you get for buying shirts from Gabe's Discount Electronics. Yep. Listeners, go ahead and read Chapter 4. Next time, you can uh, reach out to us if you'd like. We would love to hear from you. And until then, be good to each other and eat the blue food. Bye, all our buddies. Bye, all our buddies. Kapla. Anyway, there's there's always sand in the sheets there in Montauk. There's always it's got a very specific vibe, and they they have a lovely day. Uh, just sort of prepping the place together, and then they go outside uh, to play. Uh, a game on their phone where they walk around capturing little creatures. Uh, it's called Pokemon Talk Go. And, oh, um, I quit. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I have to mention this. Have you? Have you? Uh, did you watch Invincible at all? No, I have a personal uh uh just dislike of 
what if Superman, but evil stories. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it, um, it, it's just very deep in my scrungus. Uh, <laughs> deep in, deep in the grungus. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't in think the heat of, of the grungus. Sorry, I don't, I don't know how to recover. I don't know um, how to recover from that. <laughs> um, 